This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, that tentative agreement between the UAW and Clarios, workers smacked that down yesterday. Ford sees ICE sales and profits rising through 2025, and CarGurus plans to buy the rest of CarOffer's digital wholesale platform. Plus, the redesigned Toyota Tacoma is the latest model to enter the midsize pickup cage match that keeps intensifying, as the Detroit 3 looks to cut into Toyota's dominance in the segment. They say bring it on, right? Toyota, they want the competition, they like the competition, and it's it's really fun. It's a great segment to watch really heavyweights just just bash each other. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Well, so much for an end to the UAW strike in Ohio. Workers at a Clarios battery plant near Toledo overwhelmingly shot down a tentative contract agreement by about 76%. The proposed agreement offered wage increases, a flexible work schedule, and a cash bonus. That's according to Clarios spokesperson Chris Sherman. About 400 members of UAW Local 12 struck the General Motors and Ford supplier on May 8th after an earlier contract proposal was voted down. Overtime pay is a key issue for striking workers. Meanwhile, about 160 workers at a Constellium aluminum parts plant in suburban Detroit continue to strike over workplace safety and compensation concerns. That strike began last Wednesday against the Ford supplier. Ford expects sales and profit margins from its internal combustion engine vehicles to grow for at least the next two years. After that, the automaker expects the industry-wide transition to electric vehicles to start shrinking that business. Executives on Monday laid out their outlook for the company's gasoline-powered business known as Ford Blue, as well as its Model E electric vehicle unit and the Ford Pro commercial unit. It was part of a Capital Markets Day event for investors and the media. Ford also reaffirmed its 2023 full-year guidance of $9 billion to $11 billion in adjusted earnings before interest and taxes. Ford CEO Jim Farley said profit margins for combustion vehicles will grow from 7.2% today to at least 10% by 2026. As we execute Ford Plus plan, we have a massive potential to create value with a higher growth, higher margin, less capital intensive, and more resilient business. A 10% adjusted EBIT margin by 2026, it's not the end goal. It's a waypoint, it's a milestone on our journey. We have much higher ambitions as a team. Ford says those growth plans are driven by the company's focus on profitable vehicle segments and high margin, low cost derivatives. CarGurus is proceeding with plans to buy the rest of the wholesale digital trading platform CarOffer. CarGurus acquired a majority stake in the company back in 2021 when it paid $140 million in cash and stock. This latest move is a show of confidence for the struggling division. 
CarGuru COO Sam Zales said Car Offer is poised to break even or become profitable in the second quarter because of steps taken to retool it. He says CarGurus hopes to complete the acquisition process by June 30th of next year. An auto supplier, Gentex, suffered a cyber attack several months ago. TechTarget, a business-to-business provider of content serving technology buyers, first reported on the data breach last week. Gentex joins the growing ranks of manufacturers nationwide to have experienced a data breach. The Michigan-based Tier 1 supplier of automatic dimming rearview mirrors and electronics for the automotive, aerospace, and fire protection industries confirmed to our sibling publication, Crane's Grand Rapids Business, that it had suffered a ransomware attack. It said it has communicated with all parties that were affected and that the breach has not had an impact on its operation. And those are today's headlines coming up. Toyota recently showed off its redesigned Tacoma midsize truck, which will enter a segment that is suddenly crowded with competition. We'll hear more about it next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit rayray.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. With the possible exception of the RAV4 compact crossover, no nameplate in Toyota's U.S. lineup is more important to the brand than the Tacoma midsize pickup. It's not just because of its sales, but also the way it continues to dominate the competition. But the Tacoma has less of a stranglehold than it did after Detroit 3 automakers abandoned the segment years ago. Now, they're coming back, and competition is heating up. Toyota pulled the sheet off the newly redesigned Tacoma last week in Hawaii. Automotive News reporter Larry Veliquet was there to cover it for us. Larry Veliquet, welcome back to Daily Drive, and aloha. Uh, mahalo. How are you, Jake? <laughs> it's good to, good to hear from you again. Yeah, all of us uh, back home felt really bad for you having to travel all the way down to Hawaii and miss out on uh, this unseasonably cold Michigan weather that we've been having. But uh, welcome back now. Yeah, I never came back. I decided that it makes perfect sense for me to cover Toyota and Volkswagen from Hawaii. (laughs) Uh, It makes as much sense to do it there as it does for me to do so in Michigan. So Exactly. Yes. Well, let's uh, let's start off here with the just the importance of the Tacoma for the world's largest automaker and its dealers. I mean, 
Toyota has a lot of hugely important nameplates. Why is the Tacoma in the top two in your estimation? It's in the top two, certainly in the United States. Uh, it's a what you might call a franchise vehicle, right? Much like professional teams have franchise player designations, the Tacoma for uh, Toyota dealers is a franchise nameplate. It draws in people and it keeps them and it keeps them coming back. And one of the reasons is over the years has been it's just absolute dominance in that sector. It plays such an important role in a sector that really the uh, other automakers had abandoned, the Detroit 3 abandoned for a couple of years. They were happy to, to take that market share during that period about a decade ago. And it's funny, they still talk about that period now and what Tacoma did uh, as they reference other other cars in their lineup. You know, when sedans went away, Toyota was like, oh, it's Toyota, it's uh, Tacoma all over again. We'll, we'll take it, bring them on. We'll take all those sales. Sure. And, and I mean, when you think of uh, Detroit three automakers, you think of trucks. I mean, obviously still full-size trucks, they are, they're dominating, but uh, for an automaker like Toyota to come in and have that kind of dominance in the midsize, talk a little bit about that and, and how that came to be. Uh, and when that sort of peaked, uh, obviously now there's a lot more competition. Right. There's a lot more competition and there was a lot of competition when the Tacoma was first introduced, right? But what happened in the segment is that in the early 2000s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, mid-sized trucks, if you remember the, the Tacoma and its, and its earlier iterations, right, were much smaller. There was a much greater differential between what are now mid-sized trucks and what, are, what were full-sized trucks. Over time, mid-sized trucks grew, full-sized trucks grew more. And so, the, but the, the Delta disappeared, right? The difference. So what happened is that during the Great Recession and shortly after, Detroit three automakers decided that the price difference between a mid-sized truck and a full-size truck was pretty small by the time that they had they had developed them, and the size difference was even was, had grown even smaller, right? Detroit three automakers figured out, well, you know what? For if you could buy a Ranger for pick a price, say at the time. 20,000, but you could buy a new F-150 for 23,000. Well, never mind. Why would anybody want the Ranger, right? You just move those cars or those customers into the F-150. And at the time, Tacoma, Tacoma had the Tundra. The Tundra was an afterthought uh, in terms of sales, especially when it came to, you know, competing with the Silverado and the, and the Sierra and the, uh, even the Ram at that time, which was the number three truck or three and four truck, and and then the F-150, which was the, the king of the segment, of the large size segment. So the Detroit three automakers all moved out. Tacoma was there almost by itself, right, for a very long time and just absolutely came to dominate. It peaked in 2013. It had a market share of 65%. Almost two of every three midsize trucks was a Tacoma. That's just crazy. And what has happened since then in terms of maybe other automakers realizing, oh, well, maybe we should get back into this space? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was a, if it was a whoops so much that uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But I think as we went into uh, the mid-teens, right, General Motors first uh, came back with the uh, Colorado and Canyon. And then uh, the Ranger came back from Ford. 
and you've seen other entries, the Jeep Gladiator, etc. Over the years, Tacoma's market share has shrunk off of that incredibly high 65%. And it's still even shrunken is at 39%. So now instead of two out of every three, we're two out of every five. And in the meantime, the segment, uh, if I'm, I'm going to check my numbers here just to make sure, but the segment has nearly tripled, right? It's at least doubled. It's, it's almost tripled to the point where in 2021, there were 636,000 midsize trucks sold in the United States. And in 2013, when Tacoma had that 65% market share, the whole segment accounted for 244,000. They're just about 245. So you're talking about a huge increase in volumes and the market share that Tacoma has has maintained in that has been, you know, it's it's kept up, even though the, the market share as a whole has declined. The volumes have kept. Speaking of which, and you brought up the Ranger, um, you know, Toyota pulled the sheet off of this new Tacoma within days, I believe, of Ford unveiling the new Ranger, uh, which we talked about on the show last week. Ford has really high aspirations for this new Ranger and its new Raptor variant as well. And they think that it could cut further into Tacoma's lead, especially from a global market perspective. Do you have a sense of how Toyota is reacting to that play by Ford and, and other competitors right now? Well, this has been a long time coming, this Toyota redesign. They internally think that this is the fourth generation, but the the difference between the second and third generation wasn't a whole lot. And they did a what a, a major minor redesign in 2016. Didn't really change a whole lot, but they did they changed some of the styling, et cetera. Uh, but this is a whole new platform. It's there on their global uh, F1 platform, which we first wrote about in, I think, 2019, told you it was coming. It's starting out with a hybrid option tuned for power. It's going to have a turbocharged 2.4 liter engine across the board with the optional inline hybrid that they're doing, this iForce Max powertrain that they're sharing with the Tundra, the powertrain development concept. But I think they say, bring it on, right? Toyota is is all about, they want the competition. They like the competition. And it's it's really fun. It's a great segment to watch really heavyweights just, just bash each other. So even if, even if uh, Ford gains market share, and they probably will, in terms of volume, Toyota is, is not going anywhere. Tacoma customers are very loyal. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll really see what happens. It's going to be fun to see if, if uh, and, and don't forget, Canyon and Colorado in the same segment that appeared earlier this year started and went on sale. So you're talking about three, four brand new trucks here, plus the Gladiator's not that old. You're talking about a, a real uh, a real race with with some heavyweights in the ring. It's like it's like one of those old WWE cage matches, right? You put <laughs> you put five or six five or six wrestlers in the ring and just let them pound on one another until they're all out. A midsize Royal Rumble, if you will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you you mentioned some of the new features here. You also wrote uh, a piece uh, along with your your main piece about the new uh, Tacoma. Uh, six key things about the 2024 Toyota Tacoma. Uh, what else is new? What else is getting, especially dealers, excited about, you know, getting these on their lots and and uh, talking about new features and things like that to customers? Yeah, let's let's go through the six things, right? Because they're, they're pretty easy to go through. One is, of course, the powertrain I just talked about, right? And let's throw some numbers out there. 
It's a 2.4 liter turbocharged engine on the base model. That's 278 horsepower, 317 pounds feet of torque. Then there's the hybrid, which adds a 48 horsepower electric motor integrated into the automatic transmission with a very small battery. This system boosts the horsepower up to 326. And the torque, which is all about uh, all for towing, right? The torques go up to 465 pounds feet. So you get a very powerful truck, uh, really kind of uh, uh, almost out of its class in terms of, uh, you know, this is a just like in every other way. These are the full, full-size trucks of just a few years ago uh, in terms of powertrain numbers. Uh, the second thing is a, they've got a new uh, road-ready trim called Trail Hunter which is uh, they've taken a lesson from, uh, especially from Jeep here, about putting on factory or putting on aftermarket products at the factory. Now, this is, this is a great thing for Toyota dealers and for customers because they're capturing a multi-billion dollar uh, aftermarket segment. They're capturing, they're allowed now or able now to capture those profits internally and the customers are then able to finance those additions, right? Uh, because they're, they can be listed on the Moroni. They, they get rolled into the financing. Everybody's happy. And we're talking about uh, these are specialty equipment that's factory installed from Rigid, from ARB, and from Old Man Emu. Uh, third, they have a, uh, a two-door combo with an extended bed. Uh, they're, they're calling the Extra Cab. And this is going to be available with a six-speed manual in some trims. And then uh, the other cool thing, one of the really cool things, at least visually, are these seats uh, that Toyota has designed, these isodynamic performance seats. Number five on my list of six is the improved uh, Toyota multimedia audio system. This was introduced on the Tundra, and it's been spread now across much of the of the Toyota lineup. It's not quite all done yet, uh, but this is a big jump for Tacoma. Uh, what this is is a voice-activated infotainment system. You tell it, and I've used it now in many cars, and the same thing works on the Lexus side. was developed in Texas uh, for Toyota and Lexus, and it's being exported from here around the world uh, in vehicles uh, for the for the automaker. And then finally, they get a shout out from me for following uh, Ford's Maverick strategy. They're going to allow customers access to, to, you know, creative customers to 3D print their own accessories. There's a QR code that's that's uh, on the driver's side dash that will take customers to the to a website and allow them to get the dimensions to design and 3D print their own accessories, like a lantern, a multi-tool or toolkit and some other stuff. And then also to, uh, you know, suggest their own designs. This is a big leap forward. And it shows really, I really think it shows how important Tacoma is uh, for the brand. Well, Larry Veliquet, a reporter for us here at Automotive News, thanks so much for talking about this. And you can, you know, obviously see all of your reporting on the new Tacoma and uh, everything else at autonews.com. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm so proud to have braved the hardship of going to Hawaii to see this, this vehicle for Automotive News. 
That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news reporters Paige Hodder, Michael Martinez, Mark Homer, as well as Kaylee Van Wyke of Crane's Grand Rapids business for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on future products, ongoing UAW strikes, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at retail tech startup Techion's big experiment to buy two car dealerships to test out its product and why executives say the plan succeeded beyond expectations. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.